just pressed play for Talk About Board Games, episode 13. In this episode, we tell our most anticipated games for Gen Con, discuss what makes a good story in a board game, and discover early bird gets the worm, but second mouse gets the cheese in our playthrough review of Mice and Mystics. Welcome to episode 13 of Talk About Board Games. My name is Fred. I'm joined by my wife. Nicole. That's right. And, you know, we've got a lot of stuff in this episode. We got tons of good stuff. More five for five. We got listener questions. We discuss stories and board games. We talk about Gen Con games that are coming up. Uh, Something I feel like I need to mention is that, uh, you know, our 11th episode, Nicole, was about Agents of Smirsh. You remember that, right? I do remember that. Okay. Now, people that listened to this episode may have remembered that we had some difficulty recording the episode the first time and the one that was actually on the, or like the, the game at least, in the episode. Right. And the one that we actually used was actually our second game that we played of Agents of Smirsh. Right. Because the <clears> first now, one wasn't all there. Now, I, I, whenever I kept thinking about, you know, what happened, I, I realized that this would fit into another podcast segment, this this one called The Dice Tower that I'm sure people have heard of or may may or may not have. The but die, dice. I, I, no, I know. I'm just kidding. You can say it. The Dice Tower. Is that yes, a thing? Yes. They are. They're so a they're, very they're awesome like a, thing. They're like a pretty big, you know, successful podcast. And they, uh, <laughs> they're pretty big, yeah. They, I, I figured that our... Uh, our story about Agents of Smirsh would fit really well into their segment called Tales of Board Gaming Horror. Yes. And so I sent this to them right around, like, you know, right 4th after, of July or so, wasn't it? Was it was right after we released the episode. Yeah. And so. and about two weeks later, there it was on the podcast. It's yeah. on episode 414. Right. At about the 33-minute mark, right after... Uh, uh, <laughs> Do you have it like down to the millisecond there, sweetheart? Just kidding. I had to play it for a few people, so I kind of know, <laughs> I know Look, the time code. It's us, and they're still going. Yep, <laughs> you doing a podcast still? That's right. They, the, most <laughs> most of the people were just kind of like, "Oh, and you wrote that? Yeah, didn't you think it was cool?" And they're like, "Sure." I keep trying to explain to people. <laughs> it's like let's pretend you're a famous actor. Yeah. And Johnny Carson or David Letterman, I guess, or who hasn't retired at this point? Conan O'Brien invites you to be on his show and Uh you get to be a guest. That's kind of the equivalent of this. And everybody's like, oh, okay. Now, uh, in the middle of the story, it actually mentions our podcast by name. Which is really cool. (laughs) And and testament to the fact that I know a couple months ago they said that they do not alter those stories almost at all. It's true. They actually read our name on their yeah, <laughs> on their now, podcast. Now that they've done that, I don't know if they'll use anybody else's name, so maybe we've ruined it for everyone. I don't know. Hopefully. <laughs> but uh, we just wanted to say thanks to uh, Eric and Tom from the Dice Tower podcast for reading our submission in its entirety. And, and also, if you're now listening to us because of that story on the Dice Tower... Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, thanks we, Thanks for joining us. Stick around. <laughs> yep. Pull up a chair. Well, or drive in your car, whatever you're doing right now. When you Roll up your 
dice. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But hey, thanks a lot. Absolutely. We should probably just get to it then. We got to get started with how we normally get started. Let's see what got played. We like to game with gods. We like to game with dice. So this is what we say. But when the chips were gone and the sun came up, hey, let's see what got played. All right. What, what got played, Nicole? <laughs> I still like that jingle a lot. Okay. Well, I'll start us off then. Because you played first. Uh, one of the things I did is they put the Battle Lore app on sale. Now, Battle Lore is a Command & Colors game. It's uh, done by Richard Borg. And it's not only is the game for original games Command & Colors, then they have Memoir 44. Then they have uh, Battle Cry, which is like a Civil War one. A Memoir 44 is, of course, a World War II one, and they also have Battle Lore, which is a fantasy one. Now, this is one that we talked about quite a few episodes ago whenever we were playing it on our 5 for 5. Right. So this is a fantasy-based war game, and it's a fairly light one. But Fantasy Flight Games uh, has, you know, the rights to this or has has put some sort of publishing money forward to get the rights to this. <laughs> and they have, uh, they have their own uh, Game of Thrones version of it. And they have now released Battlelore 2.0 as their property as well. Okay. And uh, this is this is off of the Battlelore 2.0, and the app. I'm gonna say it does an okay job. Now I saw I saw a lot of negative reviews saying that the game cheats on the dice rolls, but for the most well, part, any app cheats on dice rolls. That's just how <laughs> life works. Well, I mean, it, there's that Mario Kart effect, right? The effect that Ugh. that. You know, if if the computers, if you're going to just take the race completely, the computer will just magically be right behind you. Right. You know, and and I don't know if this quite has that that effect or not. I played a couple of games of it. It didn't seem to have that to me. Did you win? Yes. Oh well, then maybe not. Of course I won. No, I'm just kidding. Shut up. <laughs> oh, if I say it, it's not okay. <laughs> you always win. <laughs> I haven't played the app yet, though. I I've seen it on my iPad, but yeah. I haven't actually played it. What was the other one I was supposed to play? Too? Oh, the Galaxy Trucker one. Yep, still haven't done that. Yeah, I know because you're stuck on a couple of crack games. Okay. Yeah. Well. Anyhow, <laughs> I, I still can't beat Travis. I know you're still. She's still the challenge not was accepted. Beat the two hundred and one. I know challenge was accepted. <laughs> challenge has been failed thus far, but I'm still going to try hard. Well, that's, better try harder. Yeah, I know. But uh, yeah, the Battle Lore app, from what I can tell, is a is a you know fairly competent app. It's a little awkward trying to maneuver around the map. I mean, obviously they're trying to be up to date with the graphics, and it's sort of three dimensional, so it's got you know polygonal you know, characters and stuff like that. And it kind of is an isometric, you know, view. Right. Am I getting weird? That's what, no. <laughs> okay, but. <laughs> I'm a gamer girl. I know what's I going know. on. I'm picking and, uh, up what you're laying down. So it's not too bad. I mean, it, there there is a little bit of a disconnect. I found that I understood the app a lot better once I played the board game than whenever I just was playing the app before I played the board game. Did you read the instructions when you played the app? Well, no, they have a tutorial. Oh, and it doesn't really tutor you on all that's out there or give well, you never... the full scope of what you can do or what's going to happen. Okay, so then did you read the instructions after you played the tutorial? I read the rule book in the board game, <laughs> and I knew exactly what's going on. So I'm just going to put it out there that board game rule books are still better than video game rule books. Okay. <laughs> Challenge. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so what did you play this week? Anything? I played Agent Hunter. Yeah? How did we get that game? Um, Barnes and Noble had their clearance sale. Yeah. Which we need to double check. By the time this comes out, it will probably be over. Maybe not though. Yeah. Um, 
but we need to see if they've put anything cheaper. Yep. Uh, but yeah, they had their, their clearance sale for the summer, and so you got it without me. That's right. It was a $10 card game, and it was for 5 bucks at Barnes & Noble. It was like $10 yeah. to begin with? Yeah. Oh, totally worth it. <clears throat> yeah, you liked it. I really liked it. Um, yeah. You played it with who? I played with Angela at yeah. work. Um, but it's a really simple game. You each, it's two players exclusively. Yeah. You each have uh, 10 cards, zero through nine, mm-hmm. and you put three cards in front of you, face down. You you get to pick which ones you put face yeah. down. And then you, that's like your little home base. Yeah, those represent your bases, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you'll play a card against your opponent and like, you know, their little house number one. Yeah. Let's say they had a four, but I have no way of knowing that. Mm-hmm. So I take a card out of my hand. Let's say I had a five in my hand. I'd put it up against their house one, and they'd tell me if it, if their card was higher or lower. Yeah, because ultimately you're trying to match the card that you play on that house. Right. If you match the card, you defeat that you house. You defeat that house. So, But based on <clears> what <throat> answer they give, now if she said it was... I don't remember what my numbers were. So if, I, yeah, if she said it was lower. lower, then I know, okay, it's got to be lower than what I just played, and you'd go and... Yeah, and if you played a five, then and they say lower, then it's got to be a four, three, two, one, zero. Right, exactly. But then you can change your house. Yeah. You can do that up to five times, because you've got five little decoy chips. Yeah. So when you decide to change it out, you can put in one of the decoy chips saying, well, I used... A decoy. You can put the exact same card back there if you mm-hmm. want to, or you can put a completely different card back there. But those decoy there. chips are, are a negative effect, aren't they? Well, yeah, if you have a decoy mm-hmm. on your house and your opponent still matches the card and ends yeah. up getting it, they get not only the point for the card, but also the point for the decoy. So it's a risk. It's kind of a it gamble. A and another thing I, th- I think you can do in that game, too, is you can actually take the card that was the secret base and just put it right back down again. Like bluff someone yeah. into thinking. That yeah, you I just said that you can card. you can put the yeah. same card back down, or you can play it, you know, play a completely different card. Yeah. But then also out of your out of your three cards that you have, if you if you've kind of narrowed your opponent down and you know for a fact their second base is a four, mm-hmm. and you but your four is in your in your home base. Yeah. You can take that card and reveal it and attack them. Yeah. And if you're right, you win. If you if you're wrong, you are you've lost that hand. <laughs> so yeah, that kind of sucks. Base. So you got to be pretty certain, but yeah. I mean, it's a risk sometimes that, you what's, know, pays. What's the duration of this game? We played 3 hands of it. 3. Plus learned how to play it, ate our entire lunch and had 10 minutes left. Wow. It was quick. Who quick won the best learn. 2 out of 3? I can't remember. So Angela did then. No, I think <laughs> I think I did. I think did I you? did on that one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she beat me at Morel's, and then I know the air conditioner. Oh, it's hot in here. Um, I know, but she it's beat great. me at Morel's, and I beat her at this, and then she'll beat me on some other game. And yeah, yeah, I beat her at parade. Mm. So anyhow, but I really for for ten dollars. Yeah. And then we get, well, especially for five, but for $10, I'd recommend this game a lot. I liked it a lot. Yeah. It was good. Now, something I got to play, another one, I I hate to be, you know, beating this app horse, but I might as well. I did, because another game came on sale that I've been waiting for to go on sale for a while. And, uh, you know, it's it's actually a game I enjoy pretty well that we have the card game of. It's called, it's the Sentinels of the Multiverse. An actual app of the they game? They have an app of the game. Not just an app of the game oh. to play in the game? Yeah, and, and you know how, like, 
how Sentinels, especially as as you add expansions, this is a super Sentinels is a superhero game where you you actually have your own unique deck of cards. Each player does. It's not a deck building game. You each have your own deck, and it's built already. And you are facing off against an, a big villain who has a deck of cards that bring uh, he brings like uh, you know henchmen in from that deck, and you know other kind of you know hazards and attacks and stuff onto mm-hmm. the heroes as a team. And you play cooperatively to defeat them, and you also are fighting in some certain environment, and usually the environment's fairly dynamic and has damaging effects and stuff like that, too. Yeah, for both the player <clears throat> and the Yeah, like, the, for instance, there's the Dinosaur villain. Island, and you get attacked by Velociraptors. But so does the evil guy. Right. <laughs> but the uh, one of the things that happened in the Sentinels game, and this is, like, one of my biggest complaints, and it's, it's sort of, uh, you know, taken care of by the app is that there's a lot of modifiers in this game where, you know, you'll have these cards that stay in play in front of you and they're modifying, and same with the villain, they're modifying attacks up and down, attacks versus certain things and all kinds of stuff. And so you're throwing these little chips out of the box all over the table trying to remember who's getting plus one, who's getting minus one, and all this other stuff that you're supposed to do every turn. And the game does all that for you. Well, obviously it'd have to. So it's like... It's it brings it back into that card play rather than this numerical minutia. Now my question on that though, do you think the app is going to ruin you for the actual game? Um, I don't know. I doubt it. I, I mean, obviously the app isn't as complete as the real game. Okay. And uh, I mean, I still like the real game quite a bit. Okay. Even though even though it is like I said, it does get a little bit num- numbery for a while, you know. Because I know sometimes those apps can be just so, so complete and so good. Like, I mean, the Ticket to Ride one, which I mentioned before, yeah, it almost ruins you for the real game just because it's so easy and there's no cleanup. There's something, I don't know, there's something kind of nice, though, to see, like, when you when you play Ticket to Ride for real and you see that whole board set up on the table and right. you see all the trains actually see, in front of you. Pandemic, though, the <clears> app <throat> on it, yeah. while I really enjoy it, I would take the board game over so the app I. any there's day. There's something weird about that. It, I'm exactly it, the but the app way. is awesome. It, you know it's what really it is? Good. And that, that's, that's, I feel like the computer cheats in that game. Well, yeah, of course. Computers always cheat. That's what they're programmed to do. They're programmed to win. If I shuffle win. the cards badly and I get five, like all, all my epidemics way too early, then, you know, that's that's my fault. Right. But if the computer does that to me, I feel you like that like computer should have shuffled better. <laughs> <laughs> This one doesn't seem to have that kind of effect. I I, uh, I won my game that I played. I only played once so far. Yeah. But I did win my game, and I thought it. I thought it really did the the you know the game quite a good service. You know. Good. Okay. Pretty good. Uh, so we played one more game. Now we played this together, didn't we? Yeah. And we've talked about this game in the past, but we we had just played it you and I before. Well, and I played it with <laughs> Angela. Yeah, and this game is uh, Sushi Go. And this is a game. Did Did you get this for your for Christmas or for your birthday? I think it was for Christmas, wasn't it? I think it? it was for Christmas. Yeah. And you had played this with Angela before, and you had played it with my with me one time. Uh-huh. And just, when you play it with player. me, this is this is sort of a deck drafting game where you have a, a hand of cards that you start with. You take one of the cards, you pass them on, or you actually take one and play it. You take right. it, reveal it, and play it. And you're trying to collect sets. It's a set, you know, collecting card game, and you get points based on what sets you collect. And you sort of gamble on whether cards you see in your hand that you start with are going to come back around and be in that stack still when it goes through all the players. It's a fine little game. Yeah. 
We, we played at three players, though. Yeah. We, we got a chance. This time we get to play at three players, and I think uh-huh. it was vastly improved by yeah. having a third player. It has to have a third player. I think, I don't think it ridiculous. has to, but it's it's just it's still kind of. I mean, if I it's a small enough container. I mean, I yeah. could stick it in my bag and just have it to play on the fly. And it'd be this, fine, but it's better with three. I think it might be one of those games that the more the merrier. Probably. I'm just telling you. I think that if we had five, it'd be even more improved. Yeah. Which I think it plays up to five. I think with five, it'd be verging <clears throat> on real game instead of just quick time passer. Well, I know that we were playing really fast. It was almost lightning speed. You know, That's You just true. kind of picked these cards, played it, picked it, played it, picked it, you know, played it past, played yeah. it past, you know? So, but it, it made me understand a lot more. Like, it got really popular for a minute yeah. there. And it made me understand a lot more why, because I think they were playing more. Yeah, than this just game two is people. exceptionally light. You could play this with almost anyone. We we read the rules like from start to finish, and we're playing the game in minutes. Yeah, you know? yeah. And played two two full games of it. I think didn't we, or just one? Just one, three rounds. Oh, one three game. rounds. That's three right. rounds. One game feels yep. like feels like more because there's three rounds. And who won that? <coughs> Not me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might think Matt. No, did I you won. win again? Yes. No, I think you did. You suck. I won because suck. I suck. I know. I'm terrible. I won. So uh, speaking of things, Fred wins. What? Should we move on? Okay, we'll move on uh, to our five for five update. All right, all right. Let's go through it again and make sure we got it. Count us off, Bill. One, two, three, four. Five. This is a five for five update. This is funny because. Uh, <clears throat> We, we I wanted to finish two games, and I even made the declaration in our last episode that I was going to push us through two games. That didn't happen. <clears throat> that did not happen. I got really busy during my vacation and uh, did a bunch of chores instead. Well, we did some a bathroom remodel and yeah. a floor refinishing mm-hmm. and a gutter cleaning <clears throat> and all those things that you're forced to do when you own a house. Yep. Uh, so we only finished one of the two. We only finished all uh, Agricola, even, all creatures big and small. We didn't even start the other one. No. So we'll I'm have dying that for to, though. That, next that's time. the one that, that both of us were most looking forward to. I know. So next time we'll have Dark Gothic for you. But for today. Yep. We have Agricola, all creatures big and small. Now, the funny thing about this is, is uh, Nicole did allude to the fact that I won this series. Well, I don't have to allude to it. It's just that's, <laughs> that's a natural not, fact of life. <laughs> that's not natural. You know, we were tied. <laughs> Here's the deal. I played the first t- first game. And you won. And right after the first game, I said, I think this might be right up your alley. I'm afraid you're going to sweep me. I've got to take the next game or I'm afraid you're going to sweep me. Yeah, that didn't happen. Well, I I took the next game. (laughs) I know. I'm saying I didn't sweep you. Yep. And then you took the third game. Dramatically so. I had a strategy. And then I took the fourth game and fifth game. Because you broke my strategy. I know. Now, this this game is, uh, now, Agricola, as everybody knows, is a farming game. It should everybody knows. I mean, not everybody knows. Some should, people don't. Everybody should know. It's this. a farming game, though. Yeah. Yes, but uh, in Agricola, you're, it's a worker placement game. So you have like a certain number of little chips that you call workers that you put on action spaces on a little board, a community board. That once the space is covered up, that space isn't available to the other player. And you have you know a limited number of these little chips to put down, and every turn you're really thinking hard where you're going to put your little worker on what space. Mm-hmm. And this place, just like the normal Agricola game, with one exception, there's no feed your family or expand your family. You don't have to That's worry two about exceptions. well, you don't have to worry about your family. <laughs> your family is not a concern. There is no family. All you're doing it's really just animals. And, and there's no there's no uh, I guess there's no uh, planting. There's no planting because you don't need food. Yeah. It, this is literally just take the animals. Yeah. And some fences, of 
agricola, and that's what it is. You're trying to build your fences and put your animals was, in was them that your so they don't part run of away. What'd you say? I don't know. I like the whole game. I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah. This one, I like it, but it's almost too light. Yeah. And you're limited to... Don't play with that mic again. Okay, I'll lean in. Um, <laughs> like way back. I'm comfortable. Anyway, not to interrupt. <laughs> so, what was I saying? Oh, it's too light. And you only get eight turns. Is it too light? Kind of. I don't believe that. Well, I mean, it's it's good for like a lunchtime game. Yeah. But I just didn't... I don't know. I mean, I didn't feel like I ever had enough time to get everything done that I wanted to do. That's as how the always. normal game feels. The normal game felt like if I had one more turn, I would have wiped you out with cows or whatever. Right, but I don't I also don't even I don't feel like there's enough resources available to focus on any one thing either. Yeah. Like one of the strategies that third <coughs> game that I won, yeah. my strategy was I just kept buying the expansions. Like yeah, you've making got your you've farm got your bigger. farm of, you know, eight little fields, yeah. and then you can buy, or no, it's six little fields, and then you can buy these expansion boards mm-hmm. to increase the fields, yeah. and for every one of those expansion boards that you fill up, you get an extra four bonus points, okay. so I just stole all of them from you. I didn't yeah. let you have any of them. That's fine. And that worked. Yeah. Until you caught on. And well, then, I mean, honestly, I didn't do anything to stop that on the last game. On the last game, you did. You bought the expansion. Like, I bought your second, one. Well, one's no, all it two. takes. I bought two. Because you did you buy didn't, two. But I was, only, I was prepared to win the game with only one. Well, you were going to win no matter what. I didn't have any animals until like, way late. And I didn't have any sheep. I didn't have any horses. All I had was pigs well, and Well, honestly, your third game taught me one thing. Your third game taught me that I didn't have to have animals until late in the game. That I could I could allow the animals to build up and not go investing in them, because every this game you have you're, you're collecting animals. You have you have uh, four different varieties of animals. You have sheep, horses, cows, and pigs. Right. And if you have less than four, three. If you have less than four, oh yeah, if you, you have three you or will less. lose three points at the end of the game. Now this per is per animal type. Yes. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and. And, and as Agricola, you have this little grid that represents your farm, and you're putting these little wooden fences in. You're trying to expand your farm out and put more animals in. And the only point of this game is to make animals and score points with animals. And animals add up points fast, right? Our last game, I, I scored a 49, and 28 of those points was were just sheep. Yeah. Okay. Well, there's also little buildings that you can make, but the resources you have to get... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It takes so many resources to get these... These buildings. Yeah. The only reason to have the buildings. I got the hiccups. That's okay. The only reason to have the buildings is to put your animals in them. But if you wait too late in the game to even get the animals, you've got all this farm space and your animals are never going to multiply fast enough. Yeah. So, I don't know. Now, having said this, I kind of sound like I didn't like the game. I really did like the game. I I think the only thing that I wouldn't recommend is don't play it like three times in a row. It kind of loses steam. We we yeah. found that it was hard. We we, t- we took a long time to play this game because it was hard to try to play a second game. We just didn't want to. Yeah. The game is is very back and forth. It's very chess like. It's very you know. It, it, there's not much luck in this. You play one game and it's like oh that was a lot of fun. You play yeah. a second game right after that and you're like, I don't want to play this again. Because we only for had that one time. Yeah, and we couldn't hardly make ourselves play it again afterwards. Yeah. So don't play it twice in a row. Just don't do it. Yeah, I mean, and, and it, the good news about it is, is, is not sort of like the the time you know 
uh, suck that that Agricola is. This one only takes like thirty minutes. Oh yeah, it's over quick. <clears throat> yeah, and it, and it's and like I said, it's very chess like. You're basically just taking you know resource spaces and collecting things, and and you're just basically playing a timing kind of game, you know, and and trying to to manipulate when you get the right resources and when you take certain actions before it, maybe it becomes too tempting for the other person. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the game, you're adding up a bunch of animals. You're scoring bonus points if you score if you have a lot of the animals. And then you get to score bonus buildings. And we found out that the bonus buildings, uh, oh, and you also score if you fill up all the, all the land on an expansion, right? Right. I said that four points. <clears throat> yeah. So you get, you get all those points, you add them all together, whoever has the highest wins. Now, there's only four special buildings in the, in the original set. And I found out there's an expansion out there that gives you like 30 new buildings, I'd like that a lot. I think and that'd I think, make it a lot more interesting. Well, yeah, and, and I read that, that that also boosts all the scores up about 10 points Yeah. or so on average. So, yeah. Well, in some of the buildings, because it's so hard to get the resources to get the buildings in the first place, yeah. like that shelter, I think we only bought it one time. Yeah. And then that one time it was like, well, there's that's pointless. I mean, it, all it gives yeah. you, it gives you like one free animal. And one point. And one no, it doesn't even give you a point on really? that one. Uh-uh, it's zero uh, points. Well, it's cheap though. It's two wood and so, a reed or something like that. Sort sort of cheap. It's hard to get <coughs> wood and reeds on that. Reeds especially. Yeah. There's two places you can get reeds. One with the sheep, which you're never going to buy the sheep if you don't already have the farm space to put them in. Yeah. And one with the uh, where you get a wood, a, a stone, and a reed all together. That's it. Two spots. Yeah. Well. uh this this is like let's just get to this the uh this is like a, a pretty expensive game was it i don't know it was a gift you shouldn't tell me how much it well, was well you know what you can find out what retail is i don't care i don't usually retail, do that that's re- rude it doesn't matter retail on this game is 40 dollars <laughs> oh my god really <laughs> now of course i i didn't i didn't actually buy it at a game store i bought it online you didn't even buy it or uh, well, yeah i got somebody else to buy it for you <laughs> So it was free. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. Um, it's, it's like a $40 game. Now, there's a lot of wooden components in it and stuff like that. Yeah, there definitely I, are. I just, I don't know if the game is there for $40. I don't know. But then again, isn't, isn't Agricola like $70 or $80 or something I crazy? Know, I didn't I think buy that one either. I know Caverna is like 100 <laughs> That one's ridiculous. That's like a brick with a brick inside of it. I know. But uh, this one's, it's a little expensive, but I mean, the game's okay. I wouldn't say it's the greatest ever, but it does give you a fairly uh, good experience, I think, or fairly good substitution for Agricola in 30 minutes. I would say if you could get it for 25 bucks or so, I would definitely do it. Well, there you go. For 30 you better really like Agricola and really only ever have one other person to play with. <laughs> well, there you go. That's that's our uh, 5 for 5 update. We will finish our 5 for 5 for sure by next episode. This time uh, for sure. Yep. And maybe we'll even give our list. Who knows? Maybe. I don't know. Uh, but that brings us to the end of that segment for sure. Whew. Wow. Would you look at that? Magnificent. Here are some peaked interests. Okay, well, this week, our peaked interest is uh, Gen Con. Gen Con is just, you know, a week away, and there's just tons of stuff that's already been announced. A week away at the time that this comes out. Would you relax? 
Well, it's not a week away from today. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Well, I just like being honest. Honesty and mm -hmm. journalism. This is I haven't. What do you think this is? I don't know. <laughs> We're informative. But anyways, Gen Con <laughs> is a week away. From this podcast just aired. <laughs> Psycho. <laughs> uh, and uh, we just thought, you know, there's lots of games coming out. Like tons. Yeah. Just truckloads well, and truckloads of games. That's, all mean, they, that's the only time they come out. It, it's just, you know, they don't spread out at all. Like we used to get mad about video games only came out in the fall for Christmas season. Well, unfortunately, board games are pretty much the same way. Yeah, they come out you, for Gen Con. That's you got like 20% of the games come out the before rest of September. <laughs> <laughs> By September every year. And then the Gen rest Con of them come and out Essen after that. and that's it. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, there are some games that we'd like to point out that are going, you know, that have kind of caught our eye and, and got us pretty excited. So, Nicole, would you like to start off by no. telling me? You, you don't. How come you always make me go first? Because I don't know. I don't like to go first. Yeah. OK, I'll go first. Well, there you go. <laughs> because mine aren't that exciting. <laughs> what are you I just kind of scrolled through the list. and I was like, that looks kind of fun. Well, which one is it? Well, OK, so well, the first one that I saw is called Dice City. And I didn't read a whole lot of in-depth on any of these, I'll oh. be real honest. But this one said, it's a game in which the locations in your city act as a changing faces of your dice each turn. Use tactics and strategy <clears throat> to press your claim. You have several ways to promote your city, creating strong armies, construct wondrous buildings, or open up trade routes. The secret is to manage your city and its natural resources carefully to make the best of your fortunes. It kind of sounded like it was going to be a worker placement without the workers and just with the dice. And I love dice rolling. It's always kind of fun. Okay. Like think of like couriers with the, yeah. with the dice building, deck building theme, Did whatever. Did you look at anything about it? Like look at any I didn't look at any anything? pictures. I just listened to the strip description and it sounded neat. And the yeah. picture, well, the, I, I judged a book by its cover and the cover looked like my kind of game. Oh. <laughs> It looked like... Did it have a grim-looking guy on the front? I'm not grim-looking. <laughs> oh, my God, that's what is the, wrong? That's the kind of game you like. Grim games? <laughs> like like some guy looks really grim and solid, like, sort of, you know, serious. That's you. No, mine have, like, some guy, like, in a frozen scream stabbing a dragon or something like that. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, it looked, it looked. Yours has looked a guy okay. on the front going, I don't know how I'm going to save the farm. It, <laughs> it caught my eye. I read the description. It sounds like, it sounded intriguing. The dice crafting thing. The dice crafting is in quotes. I don't know. It sounded intriguing. Dice crafting. So it's, it's one that I'm going to look more in depth at. All right. Okay. All right. You go now. <laughs> okay. <This is> you go now. I'm out of here. Now the, uh. Uh, one of them, the first one that came to mind right when I thought about Gen Con is one that I've heard about quite a while ago. Surprisingly, they, they announced this uh, maybe even early, as early as the start of the year is uh, Mage Knight or Mage Wars Academy. And Mage Wars Academy is is the uh, abbreviated version of Mage Wars, which, of course, you and I played on five for five. How'd that turn out? I bet you won. I think I, did I beat you all five times. You always win. You beat me one time on that. Did I but win? The, uh, <clears throat> well, not during the five for five. But I don't anyhow. Think so. But so the it's a shorter. Uh, yeah, it's 30 minutes. Uh, you, uh, all the cards, I understand all the cards are usable in the main game, like as in, in, you know, Mage Wars normally. But now you can play this abbreviated game that doesn't actually use, I don't think you actually use a game board. You're just playing a card game versus each other somehow. Oh, okay. Cool, right? Yeah. And it's done by Arcane Wonders. Okay. So I, I'm still trying to I'm decipher your that. note. Doesn't matter. It's my note. I know. I don't, it makes, I'm just going to read this aloud. Ha. 
Cards usable in one her game. See, that doesn't matter if there's what a typo. What does that mean? <laughs> I knew exactly what it meant. I just I, I read card usable. That's all I needed to know. Good for you. I was confused. Anyhow. Doesn't matter. <laughs> so okay. what else you got? Well, I don't have that many, so you go. Fine. Well, you know, we talked we a few episodes ago, we did Legendary Aliens. Yeah. And I'm super excited that Legendary Predator is coming out. Not yeah. because I like Predator that much. I don't much, like Predator at but all. But just, I mean, this is what's funny. I was not excited about Legendary Aliens. And then I played the game, got really excited about Legendary Aliens. It's so good. And then now they've now they've announced Predator, a license I don't care about. I care about even less than than Aliens, you know, really overall, and or quite a bit less than Aliens. And I'm still excited because the other game was so good. It was so good. And supposedly these are compatible with each other. Well, they should be because they did Aliens versus yeah. Predator. So now instead of like the which crew I did not of the, watch that movie instead of the crew of the Nostromo. You can actually have predators, a team of predators going after the aliens in the alien encounters. How cool to, is that? I'm going to have to watch the movie now, though. And this game also has like an alternate version of it where you're all playing predator. Like, I think, I think you're all playing predators and going after humans for trophies and competing against each other. So it's fully competitive as well, Nicole. You'll be excited to know. I will be excited about that. I like competitive, even uh, though I always lose. It's so ironic. I think you just love the glory when it's there. It's so seldom in my life. Um, also, I'm excited to uh, for a game called Mysterium. And Mysterium was really hot last year at like uh, at uh, Essen. <clears throat> in this game, you're, you, one person plays a ghost and plays what I've, you know, the way, best way to describe it is they play Dixit-like cards. So these little like abstract picture cards that might have, you know, a few different elements on them. And they're playing them as clue cards, trying to get people to guess, I think, how they were killed or something. I don't know. It's something like that. I saw that one. Okay, that's where another one, the box just got me. Yeah. I saw the uh, non-American version. I don't know what country it's from. I don't know. I, I don't know either. Um, but I saw th- this box cover and I was like, we need this game. What is this? I can't read this language. <laughs> I want to find out what this is. So I did a little Google search for it and it turned yeah. out it was Mysterium. And so I'm, I really just based on the artwork alone want to play the yeah. game. Well, uh, you use these things and you give them hints and people are trying to, I think, figure out, you know, what the, what the story is behind this ghost with these hints. And because you're a ghost, you can't communicate directly. And so pe- you'll put cards on the table and you'll watch all the players around the table rack their brains trying to figure out what these cards mean. And I guess it drives you nuts kind of while you're playing the ghost because you can't say anything in there. They'll get so close and then just completely steer in the wrong direction. Hmm. Oh, it seemed fun. It looks fun. It looks interesting. <clears throat> now, one one that I don't think, uh, <laughs> one, one that I know isn't going to be a popular choice, but for some reason kind of had me just go, maybe that's going to be good. Is, is Gale Force 9 is releasing WWE Showdown. And I don't even, I don't even watch wrestling anymore. I mean, I used to. Oh, I know. But I don't even watch it anymore. But just for some reason, the idea of having a game that was developed, you know, fully underneath it instead of like some just cash in, you know, Jack's Pacific release at Toys R Us or whatever. To actually have a real company, you know, a hobby level company produce a game underneath it. I'm, I'm intrigued. Because, you know, Spartacus, when we saw it at Gen Con, we thought, oh boy, look, stupid arena game, who cares? If you look in the box of that game, there's an entire depth to that that has nothing to do with the arena. I've heard really good things about it. We still haven't played it. I know. 
We got to play it with Matt and Brianna because they're the only so, two people that like us enough not to hate us afterwards. <laughs> so what 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 is this WWE? What are they, what kind of game? Uh, it's still it's just gonna be like a miniature game. I mean, oh. There's gonna be miniatures involved, and there's gonna be card play and stuff like that, and maybe even dice play. I don't know. I haven't gone into it too far. Okay, if there's miniatures, they, do they have little <clears throat> miniature chairs you can smack each other That's with? That's what I'm hoping. That would be pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> that would intrigue me enough to play it if I saw this little plastic. <laughs> folding chair. Whack. See, that's what I'm thinking. How much fun would that be or whatever? I got to roll a six to get to the top rope. <laughs> I don't know. That sounds fun to or me. They have I, a little, sounds, do they do cage matches in show, WWE? I don't know. Yeah, they do. Okay. So, I, don't, I mean, I don't know. It comes with like four wrestlers. I think I only know one of them, really. Which one? Because it's been so long. I think it might come with The Undertaker. I don't know. Oh, I know who that is. I don't know. Don't, don't even quote me on that. It might not even be true, though. Isn't he like 80 by now, though? Jeez. He may be. I know. No, he's not. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> uh, so, what's another one that on your list? Um, okay, village the village crone. Yeah, and this is really silly, but it wasn't the box art that got me. Yeah, it was the font. <laughs> really? You're <laughs> yeah. like, oh, what lovely script! It looked exactly like the font that they used in uh, a Touch of Evil. Oh, okay, it's the same font. So yeah. I was like, "Well, this has got my eye." <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's same setting, same kind of era. Yeah, which made me go, "Fred would like this," so I got interested in it. So I put it on my list, thinking that you would never have heard about it because you didn't read that list, except that you totally showed me what the <laughs> list was. Well, and, and I all I know about Village Crone, I don't know much about it at all. I only thing I know is it's by Fireside Games. Yeah, and Fireside Games are the same people who did uh, what? What is that? Castle Panic and Dead Panic. I like Castle Panic. Yeah. Not so big on Dead Panic. Me neither. It's okay. Castle Panic's really good, though. Castle Panic Especially with the me. Wizard it's, Tower. Yeah, it's really good. So, uh... Well, it says, <clears throat> become a witch and enter the medieval world of Wickersby in this worker placement. Love worker placement. <laughs> resource management. Love resource management. What do you think the workers uh, are? are? Game like... with spell casting. Oh. Make villagers fall in love, turn them into frogs, or teleport them to different locations. Use your familiars to gather ingredients and cast spells on the villagers to achieve goals and score victory points as you, as, as you, what? I don't even know what that note means. <laughs> oh, wait, what, how bad are my notes? <laughs> I did a cut and paste. <laughs> Someone else wrote this. Okay, you're still responsible. <laughs> Look, sir. <laughs> I don't know what that says. Anyhow, you want victory points for doing all this cool stuff. Well, yeah. That sounds awesome. Because as much as I do love worker placement and, and, Resource management and all that. I'm really getting tired of the farming and the what? I, you know, and the the farming <laughs> and the trains. Everything no. is farming and trains. <laughs> I know. They're so it's so strange. Know. You know, even on that list, I saw like three more train games, and I'm like, really, really. Who, who? When is the last time anyone you know was on a train and it wasn't going around Silver Dollar City? I don't know. Exactly. Never. No one goes by train. Silver Dollar City, for everyone out there, is a Branson theme park. It's in southern Missouri. It's an old-time theme. Yeah. I could have easily also said Knott's Berry Farm. They got the same thing going there. You should have just well, said they Disney World. They, oh, they do have a train. Yes. Yeah. We didn't ride it, did we? Yeah, we did. Did we? Yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> It wasn't the most exciting part of the trip. But yeah, you're right. You're right. They need to branch out on things. Yeah, this is different. This is like Manhattan Project was good. I love Manhattan Project. Or uh, that that, uh, ninja game we had. Which one? Oh, Edo. Oh, Edo. Yeah, that one was great too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I'm liking these other themes in there. So this is another option. So I like that. What else you got? Um, I only got one more that I kind of liked. I got 
uh, one called it's called 504 and it was just picked up by Stronghold Games and this is this it's called 504 because there's 504 different games in the box and and it, that's that's a little misleading that. because it, what it is is there's a whole, there's like a bunch of small games in the box that that get kind of matrixed together so they get put together into this you know game matrixy and then they you come out the other side with a unique experience by the end of it and and the reviews i've heard so far is that they this game does feel very different every time you play it and it's still it still feels good so it doesn't feel like it's some you know, hack together thing. It feels like it's really, really solid, you know, no matter what the variety is. Yeah. So far. Yeah. I, it sounds interesting. <clears throat> I haven't heard anybody who's played it 504 ways yet though. So there might be one of those. That I don't know. Sucks. No, <laughs> no. So what, what, any more games that you have? Well, we'd already talked about this in another episode, but oh. that seven wonders duel. Yeah. Just cause it's a two player option. That's yeah. really a two player and not a fakey two player. Nice. <laughs> and then, I got sucked into just a, a gimmick. I'm sure it's going to be a gimmick game, oh and I, I didn't God. even write down who did it. I see it. But it's <laughs> deck building, the deck building game. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> deck building, the deck building game combines the thrill of building your deck with the excitement of building your deck. I just, I, I mean, if it's cheap enough, if it's like a $40 game, well, then they can just stand there at Gen Con and look pretty, but... You think Not it's the, gonna be like Cards Against Humanity cards, just black and white, plain old, or that? I don't that know, but I just it sounded cards. funny. It just <laughs> I like games that more people make. I also saw one, and I don't really want it because I know it's just completely one hundred percent novel. Yeah, but that uh, the worst card game or the worst game ever, yeah. where you play cards against each other, that it's like you know. The guy who goes back three turns and says, "Oh, I forgot to do this. I'm gonna go ahead and do it now." If you have that card, you can do it, but otherwise you can't. Yeah. But anyway. Okay. Well, that's that's our picks for Gen Con. If you're going, keep an eye out for those. Those might be good. We don't know. I mean, obviously, we're not going to say that we know better than you or anything like that. But and we're also not going to get to be there. <laughs> but we believe that we know better than you. What? <laughs> I'm just you're kidding. You're so rude. <laughs> All these games All right, well, this week uh, we played a game called Mice and Mystics, and this game is very story-driven. Yeah. And so I thought it might be interesting just to kind of visit, you know, what makes a really good storytelling board game good. Okay. Uh, so, like, uh, like, you know, obviously there has to be a story. There has to be. Well, if there's not, then it's a different kind of game. But every game, no matter how dry it is, seems to have what they call a story or a setting, you know, that that the game takes place in. Yeah. And normally it's really just boring kind of thing. It doesn't really set up any kind of... It doesn't get you hooked. Right. It just tells you, it's night or 1514 and you're going to plow fields and try to raise a family. Story. Kakunk. You know, no, that's not... (laughs) That's not a story, you know? Yeah. That's just a setting. Um, <clears throat> you know, you, you should have something more than something bland. You know, like like I could say, <laughs> I could say you enter the cave, for right. instance. But if I tell you the Mayan guide leads you to the front of a vine-covered cave, he motioned towards the entrance and refuses to go any further. That's a much better setup than you go into a cave. Well, maybe the storyteller of the games that you've been playing just isn't a very good storyteller. I don't think they try. 
Maybe you should write their stories for them. Maybe they should pay me to do it. Oh, okay. <laughs> if anybody's hiring a good storyteller, Fred can no, do it. No. Uh, <clears throat> something else, I mean, obviously there's a little, like, you know, people. some people will get this far. They will actually get this far and tell you that much. But I think that one of the things that breaks down in a lot of games is they don't deal directly with the characters involved in the game. Like, if you give a, a person an identity in the game, you should deal with that identity directly. Okay. Right? You shouldn't just, like, say, you know, person, player picks up, you know, picks up the uh, idol from the pedestal and, you know. It right. should say, you know, Nicole picks, grabs the idol from the pedestal and watches the pedestal slowly sink into the altar. You know? Right. And 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 it, it's just there's too many games that that if they even include that at all are vague. They just kind of they don't really deal with it, which is sort of like I don't know. It just sort of, it sort of takes it out of it when it just says you grab instead of this person grabs, right? Kind of. Only if they say you grab, yeah. Then I feel like they're talking to me. Do you? Like I'm special. So wait, you, if you're playing, if 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 Nicole. Is playing Tina well, they in the game, my... and they say they say you 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 go oh good they mean Nicole yeah I like that part you better. pass up the character sheet don't you in your mind and make it you if they say well like <laughs> fortune and glory yeah you get attacked by a whatever yeah. samurai I do really. If they say Bob gets attacked by a samurai, it's like, well, screw Bob. Whatever. Who's Bob? Your character. I don't care about Bob. I'm not vested in the character. I like when they say you. Okay. See, sometimes we differ on opinion here. Well, I'm I'm saying that that in Fortune and Glory, there's too much for it to actually. It's too broad a scope for it to actually be a good story. Because I, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, honestly, there there is a story that comes out of it. It's just not that cohesive. Yeah, you're right. It's like the individual cards are a story. You're talking about the whole game as a story. Telling a whole story? Yes. Okay, continue. <clears throat> now, story elements that uh, I think that are involved in it uh, should be involved throughout and not just like a beginning and end. Like whenever we played the uh, Dungeons & Dragons adventure games, they, yeah. they seem to set it up, but not much seems to happen during the actual adventure, really. I never get any storyline out of those. I know. You're just like, I roll what die and walk towards what monster and kill it. Yeah, seriously. And then by the end, you're like, you. <clears throat> once we get to wherever we're supposed to be, then you yeah. reveal whatever it is to me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, well, we're fighting a spider. And the reason is, is because there's no story element in the game in between start and finish. There's mm-hmm. nothing that differentiates this experience from the, after they after they lead me in until there's an actual ending condition that all of a sudden reveals itself. Mm-hmm. The game plays exactly the same every time, you know, with, with, you know, the varying cards. But honestly, there's only so much they can do in those cards, and none of them truly give it a unique story, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's something that, that really helps games, certain games, you know, rise above that. But like, like I said, a game like Dungeons & Dragons, the adventure game, would make you feel like, I'm going to get a big story out of this. And you do not get a story out of this. You get, go kill the vampire, Fight, 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 just like I always do, just like when I was fighting the mummy last adventure, and now all of a sudden I get to the final chamber and I have to do what now? Oh, I put this additional token in and now it becomes the vampire fight, Mm -hmm. you know? 
So involving story elements during the middle of the game, I think, really helps. Mm-hmm. I agree. <clears throat> uh, lastly, I think that you need to have choices uh, that impact the story and the direction it goes during it. And that's another one that, like I said, you don't really do much during that, you know? In a lot of these dungeon crawl games or in a lot of these, like, adventure games and stuff, you, you there's not much decisions. It's honestly... Yeah, of course I'm going to go that direction because that's going to make me survive as opposed to die. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not really a choice. It's just a, yeah, if I want to keep playing the game, I go this way. If I want to quit right now, I can go the other way, you know? This is you showing your RPG, not, yeah, like roots. Too. I know. You love it. I know, you but that, that kind of thing can exist in in uh, in board games, I think. Sometimes. I think... Sometimes though, they, it, when they when most people try and incorporate it, they do it on such a level where you almost have to be like a D and D guy to to enjoy it. Really? Yeah. Like like I was just when you're, when you're explaining this, I'm thinking about myth and when we played that. But the the D and D element in there was pretty strong. Like a casual gamer, yeah. I can't see enjoying that game. Well, myth was neat because you got to decide how much. You know how much you wanted to risk and stuff. Each, yeah, each well, map you did have well. you had those side quests you could kind yeah. of take, but you didn't have to. Correct. So I mean, that's kind of where you're going with that. Kind of. But then, when it all boils down to it, the game that we're talking about today, mm-hmm. it's really there. Only it's really integrated. Yeah. So here it is. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. Okay, this week we played Mice and Mystics. Now, Mice and Mystics is a role-playing game, board game, you know, sort of role-playing game in a box by Plaid Hat Games, and it's presented in a very traditional sense of of the genre. Each player takes a character sheet that tells who they are, their name, their skill, and their abilities. The players also have several plastic, small plastic figurines that represent their character and also have other figurines that, you know, represent enemies. They, uh, these figurines are placed onto a gridded tile that is, uh, you know, sort of spaced off for people to move around on. And they have varying art underneath the grid that tells, you know, that has a different location kind of thing, you know, like trees or stonework or whatever. Now, each uh, turn, players act in order of their initiative, turn tr- like tracking turns and fighting enemies, sort of taking them back and forth, you know, and you kind of deal them out so it's randomized. And they search for items and move around as well. Uh, all of these things are accomplished by rolling custom dice that come with the game. Now, let me talk about these versatile dice for a second, because each has each has like a, a side that either has a bow, a sword, a sword and shield, or a piece of cheese on it. Each side of the dice also has a small number in the corner, valued one, two, or three, and half of the dice faces have a small asterisk in one of the other corners. Now, so how do all these dice make the game work? Movement is done by adding your movement value, the number on your character sheet, to the small number on the face of the die that you rolled. 
The searching simply is done by rolling the die and determines success or failure by whether or not an asterisk uh, pops up. Finally, combat is handling, handled by rolling the dice and trying to land the proper side. Rolling the bow face is a su- success in ranged attack. The sword or sword and shield is a successful melee attack. And the sword and shield is also a successful defensive roll. What about the cheese, right? Well, when the cheese symbol comes up, it adds a cheese token to either your inventory or the enemy's surge wheel. In your inventory, the cheese is spent to activate your powerful magic and abilities. However, the enemies will collect cheese until the surge clock fills with six pieces. When this happens, it's bad news for the players, as effects such as new enemies appearing or simply running out of time on your quest can happen. That's right. These quests are timed. Each time the surge clock fills, the turn marker moves one step closer to the end. There's no time to stand around and cut the cheese. Gross. (laughs) All standard fare, right? But now is what makes the game different from the dozens of other games like this. It's two things. First is the plot and setting. In this game, the players play as humans turned into mice, meaning the whole world around you is the blown-up version of normal. The second thing that makes this game stand out is that there's a storybook that leads you through an entire 11-session campaign. The book is written as a story and not merely a short lead-in lead-out. Like There is character development, there are conversations between characters, each session continues the story, making it serialized. The 11 adventure uh, sections tell you what map tiles to use, special rules for the adventure, and make sure you keep the book nearby, because during the session it fills in more story of the game based on what decisions you make in the game. So steady your tail, ready your sword, and use your cheese wisely to save the kingdom. All right, there you go. That's Mice and Mystics. Mm -hmm. Now... I mean, I, I thought this this is sort of a role-playing experience, and you're not much yeah. of a role-player. I can <sighs> play them. I just usually choose not to. Yeah. But this one, it's fun. Yeah, I and like, like I said, uh, I, I mentioned that this is a campaign, and it is a serialized story. Yeah. So uh, every session does begin with some story. Chapter 2, <laughs> Lily's Tale. Prince Colin tightened the buckle of his belt and adjusted the angle of his sword before throwing his crimson cloak over his shoulders. Nez sighed. Your heart is in the right place, lad. I'll grant you that. But going back in a cas- in that castle, inna that castle is folly. What? <laughs> That's what he says, inna. <clears throat> going back into the castle is folly. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be like that, but who cares? <laughs> My father would go back, said Colin solemnly. Uh, he would do the right thing. Aye, and for him it might be the right thing, but your father is a veteran, <laughs> whereas you, boy, untested. Poor <laughs> guy wasn't Scottish last time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grown man, Nez. Perhaps, but you're as green as the grass out there. <laughs> I think that's what he's doing at all. It was then old Maganos who walked up, followed by Tillman Filch. I'd say boy's been tested fine, said Maganos. And the, like the metal pounded on the smith's anvil, we shall either all harden and grow strong or shatter into naught. Thanks for the encouragement, old man, muttered Filch. Oh, yeah. Thanks yeah. for the encouragement, old man. Oh! <laughs> Maganos is right, said Tilda. Colin has developed a real affinity for Barksburgers. <laughs> for the Barksburgers. Burgers. 
<laughs> and I'd say our fate is now entwined with theirs. Besides, if the prince, our kingdom, says we should rescue Lanera's daughter, then who among us has the right to say otherwise? Filch raised his hand, but was ignored. Sorry. Not gonna, no, not looking. Oh, <laughs> outside, outside the tree, the party was met by a throng of Barksburg mice, all there to shout encouragements to the would-be hero. Pluck my whiskers, said Nez. Tis hard to begrudge such friendly folk. A wee mouseling toddled out of the crowd to Maganos and held up four-leaf clover as, a, as big as himself. Many thanks, sweet child, said Maganos, taking the clover. We shall surely have need of this where we are going. Chapter Objective. Three mice enter the castle and must find and rescue Lily, who is played by Nicole. Lily's tail is caught in a mouse trap, as you can see over there across it. The mice must wake their, make their way through and rescue Lily. Lily must survive until they arrive. If the mice defeat the minions on the, in the crystal tunnels and release Lily, they rescue Lily and win the chapter. If Lily receives enough wounds to be defeated or the hourglass marker reaches the chapter end marker on the chapter track before the mice have rescued Lily, the mice are defeated. Place the chapter end on page five, which it is. Uh, select four mice to be in the party. Lily must be one of the four mice. In addition to Lily's standard starting equipment, she starts with the chapter, the chapter with one cheese in her stash and the intense cowering search card, Nicole. Okay, I need my bow too, please. And you my axe. <laughs> <A bow? laughs> yes, you're welcome. Oh my god, Gimli joke. <laughs> There's always got to be one. <laughs> got to. Every time someone says anything about their gear now. About getting a bow. Or or a sword or a shield or anything. Someone at the table has to say, and my axe. I know. I know. <laughs> That's fine, though. But you you got to admit that that is a lot more story than your basic board gaming role-playing experience would normally do, isn't it? Well, yeah. <clears throat> and, and, of course, we found and out. And in this case, it... I w- it was fine that we were a character. Yeah. Like, I didn't need them to say you because I was Lily. I was Lily. Did you become Lily? I became Lily. My 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 tail still hurts. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we found out that you were trapped in a uh, trap and we had to go get you. You had to come get me. That's right. All I could do was stand there in pain. <laughs> well, let's see how this story uh, continues to relate to your character. <laughs> stupidest thing I've ever seen. Yes. The whole point is to save me from the what? The trap you're caught in. Right. Okay. So why is my ability lessons learned? Lily is not affected by mouse traps. Because you've learned your lesson after we let you go. Yeah. That's sneaky. No, that's really good design. <laughs> good awesome, job. Yeah. I, I'm going to skip kudos to Plat Hat Games for saying that. Well, it doesn't help me right now. <laughs> well, not yet because you haven't learned your lesson. <clears throat> One day you'll learn. Don't worry, Lily. You should say, okay, Marshall. <laughs> uh, you can tell, though, that that feels really cool. Like, like subtleties like that really, uh, really tie in well, right? Yeah. Well, once I realized what was going on. Yeah. Your, your character first, starts I'm... off caught in a trap, and you have this realization moment where you find out that you're not supposed to be caught by traps. Right. And the, the actual title of that ability is Lesson Learned. Yeah. That's really Because you cool. learn your lesson the first time you're introduced. Yeah, so now you're going to be so careful of traps that you will never be affected by them again. After this Everybody else will. Because they learn nothing they from learn your problems. Nothing. I know. <laughs> All I have to do is show them my crooked tail. That's right. 
so let's learn a little bit more about Colin this time, the mouse that I'm playing. You know, I'm about to earn my first cheese, probably. Yeah. Think I'm, gonna I'm not do. first in initiative, I get a cheese. Oh, yeah. I love cheese. I remember when we had cheese last time. Huh? That was good times. What? <laughs> <laughs> we should have brought cheese. <laughs> is, is that, that's the best part. Last game we ate cheese during this game. I have cheese. And not in game. I don't have the same cheese, though. I just have, like, regular cheddar now. Uh, I know. I've got, like, a medium cheddar. Oh, Lily's first. I get a piece of cheese. <laughs> See? Uh, my character's ability is if I'm not the first one, I'm supposed to be the leader. And if I'm not, I actually get a kickback of a free piece of cheese. Which is very cool. Right? Yes. I thought that was pretty cool. And as we kind of pointed out in the first clip, but this is the second chapter. Yeah. We did play the first chapter. Yeah. And by the time we were like halfway through the game, we're all going, cheese. Mm, so I made a cheese plate. So then That's we right. had to have cheese plate number two. That's the danger of playing a good game. Uh, players are very impressionable. Yes. And cheese activates powers. Uh, you know, it's it's actually really important in the game. So you do say the term, term cheese over and over and over again. And over and over and over again. And, and eventually someone's going to be like, you know what we need? Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, as usual, I've explained the game, and there's going to be questions. Okay, so <clears throat> to recap on what we need to do in the room that we're currently in, mm -hmm. are we trying to just get out of the room? or We, we cannot do... leave it until all minions are dead. Okay, That's one of the so rooms. we have to kill the yes. rat warriors. And as if we move, the crow will see us and dive bomb us. But currently... Because we're hidden, we don't have line of sight to the minions, correct? We're not hidden. We're actually outside of it. This is the whole oh. this is the space adjacent. So we're hidden. Okay, so we're hidden from the crow, but we can still hit those guys. If you stand still, it, it's it's written out in the rules that if you move, the crow attacks you when you roll a one on your movement. Okay. Line. So do you? So do you have to move? Could we just? Stay there the entire time. If we all and... had ranged attacks like you do, yes, we oh, could. Oh, right. <laughs> I have a ranged attack. I'm going to go for some cat nip, so it really doesn't matter. Okay. I okay. need to nip a cat right nip in it. its nip. All right, Nicole. They've got six to turn. choose from. <laughs> Horrible. I'll just stay put. Oh, my God, Brianna. I... Just take your turn. I just realize what she said. <laughs> Brianna. It's so funny. Uh, but here's the funny thing is that, you know, those questions are well-founded because the this game is funny because it was sort of, you know, it's sort of proposed as an easy game or an intro to role-playing games. And I find this game much more difficult to play than that Dungeons & Dragons adventure game upstairs. Well, I don't know about that. I'm but... telling you. I think it's supposed to be more of an intro game because it brings you more in with the storyline. You don't yeah. have to be as imaginative when you're being told a story. Yeah. So that part of it's better. But there was a lot of rules clarifications that we had to go over. Rule-wise, it's every bit as complex as that, if not more. Yeah. But if you have a DM who's paying attention to the book. Well, not me. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's check in as Brianna takes her first turn. I can't do any of that because I don't have any stinking cheese. That's right. Zero cheese. You don't have you don't have the bad cheese. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess I will do a ranged attack 
And I'm just going to sit there and avoid the crow because it's mean and a bully. <coughs> okay. So I roll two dice, right? Yep. Your bow bonus plus your attack bonus. I have a bow bonus? Well, doesn't it say? Plus one. Okay. Or your, mag, your yeah. Magnus okay. staff. Yes. Sorry, you don't have a bow. Nicole has a bow. I have a bow. And, and that's, by the way, that that's hillbilly slang for boyfriend. <laughs> okay, so I have <laughs> so I have one success. No. So yes. I have one success. Yes. Okay. And he gets to roll defense dice, right? Yes. Where's his so... defense? Two? Matt, roll two dice. He rolls a shield. He defends it. He does yes. not, but he gets a cheese on his okay. wheel. So. <clears throat> Which one so... were you shooting? This one? Um, or this one? Or this one? Whichever one. No, you know? You have to, you have to um, I am thing. going to declare, <laughs> declare this one. <laughs> Squeak. All right, he's out of there. This game really does have all those classic Dungeons & Dragons group dynamics in it. You know that? Like, Maganos is a wizard. Yeah. And in Dungeons & Dragons, a wizard is what you call a glass cannon. Which means he does tons of damage and goes down quick. So Brianna's doing what she should as a wizard in that classic dynamic. It, it, she's trying to, you know, save herself and not do anything risky at all and, and still, you know, is able to shoot and do damage just like anybody else. Right. So <clears throat> she did really well, I think. Yeah, she usually does. Now, uh, Nicole, you have, uh, you're waiting for your first turn at this point, I think. Yeah. I'm thinking... Since I really don't get to do anything on this turn because I can't shoot, I can't search, I can't move. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go make some cheese. You want some cheese as an appetizer? Sure. Cheese? Okay. I'll eat cheese. Okay. And these guys just move whatever you roll on the die. They don't actually have a movement ability like we do. Oh. So they just. Except that this guy that moved one just died because the crow got him. Oh, Does yeah. Does the curl affect them, too? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah, you did that last time. <clears throat> I know, but I may have cheated in our favor. Yeah, because they... Everybody. Oh, or Minion, yeah. So this guy just got pecked off by the crow. Boom! That just <sighs> happened. That's terrible. It's my turn. No, it's Lily's turn. Good news, oh, Lily. It's your turn. Lily does nothing. <laughs> my turn. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Three. That's what I need. I'm going to go to a mushroom spot. I need to go one, two to right there, and I'm going to attempt a search. God, I'm going <laughs> to search it. I want the catnip. No. Oh. oh, and it has to have an asterisk. Yep. <laughs> and it is Filch's turn. See, I, I warned on right after this, you know, <clears throat> the third clip that players are impressionable. Okay. <laughs> What? I wanted cheese. I so know. did everyone else. Because we said cheese too many times, we did. didn't we? Yes. <clears throat> now, uh, funny, funny thing is, is you're hearing us talk about a crow in this. There is no crow miniature in this game. I'm just going to get that out there right now. The crow is an abstract element that's sort of represented by rolling a one on for your movement dice. Yeah. If you roll a one, it hits you for one point of damage. You know what's interesting, though? What? You've got this tile, and you've got your, you can tell you're at the bottom of the tree. Yeah. And... Every time we would talk about that crow, I would feel like I needed to look up. 
Like if the tr- like to see if the crow was coming after me. You weren't even out there. You were inside, well, trapped the, in a the, trap. The first time we played <laughs> oh. it, when we went to the tree, oh, okay. when I actually got to play, really? instead of having to go make cheese, because there was nothing for me to do. See, this might be your kind of role-playing game. What, to go make cheese? No, the cheese Mice maker? and Mystics. Well, yeah, it was fun. <clears throat> now, uh, finally, we're going to get to your first real turn uh, as a cockroach approaches your trap. All right, so we're to Lily, whose turn is out of the room because she's cheesing it up again. <laughs> yes, yes. You have to fight. Okay. <laughs> I like to fight. You're hanging out with a cockroach. Yep, it's a cockamouse, Lily. It's a cockamouse. <laughs> <laughs> it can fly. Okay. I will. Oh God, can I attack it? I'm gonna attack it. Can I have some dice? Yes, you may, demanding. You have to attack with... You do have to attack with your bow, though. So you're going for bows and arrows. Bows. I'm saying you have no melee options. I know. You don't I miss. Sorry. Which is ridiculous, because he's right there next Mm -hmm. to you. He's right there. That was the worst archer ever. (laughs) Too bad. Okay, that should be the last How I Met Your Mother reference. Maybe. What do you think? When my name is Lily, I doubt it, but... Now... You're you're separated from the group, and in fact, they say at the start that you are not to be considered a part of the group. I know. And you are all by yourself, and you have to survive. It is in the rules that if you don't survive, we all lose. Yes. And so missing the cockroach right off the bat... Kind of a bad thing. Maybe not so bad, but let's let's hope you turn it around, right? Now, uh, we, we're just going to jump right to your next turn and just see how you're doing, because we spent the next turn just sort of exploring and mopping up the tile that we were on and, and are nearly done with it at this point. We said we wanted cheese. What's up with the meat? Well, there wasn't a lot of cheese. <laughs> Hope you guys can stomach meat, because that's roach meat. Oh, look how cute the little <laughs> Nicole, roll to defend. You've been hit once. I don't have any dice. I know. I'm not giving you one. I only get to roll one? I don't know. I have two. Well, then you need another one. (laughs) (laughs) You don't defend. You lose your cheese. Look at this game. I lose my cheese? Yes, he just ate it. Eat your cheese. He ate the cheese that was on the trap right underneath you. That super sucks because if I had known that he was going to be able to eat my cheese, I would have... Well, it wouldn't have mattered. Here's the funny thing, is if your cheese is all the way over there, and I have a straw that goes all the way over to here from your cheese, I eat your cheese. Okay. At least it was a there will be blood, you know, <laughs> when not a How I Met Your Mother. We but, quote too many things. Well, this is, this is what's cool, is that uh, <clears throat> this is another cool way it ties in. A roach could be an enemy of a mouse, Sure. But if you had food, it would most likely attack your food before it attacked you. So in this case, they're labeled greedy roaches. Right. And they steal your cheese before they they hurt you. Isn't that cool? Yeah, it was real cool. Okay. Well, I mean, obviously you're not doing that well. That's okay. So far, (laughs) not very good luck. I understand. Now, the rest of us are almost done with the first tile. And uh, let's just hear how that's going. When there are no minions on a board and the last mouse on the initiative track ends its turn, you add a cheese token to the mouse minion wheel. Aww. Whatever gets to six, then a surge triggers. But Brianna's going to get us off this board right yes. now with a magical roll of two. Do it. 
Or one, do and you take a point a of job. damage. Do a good job. I know, I want you to roll two, so we don't take damage from this stupid crow. Yes. Yes. So you go to here. Which one am I? This. Yep. Two. Okay. And you're going to use your action to do what? I'm going to do one of those scurry things. I'm going to explore. Oh, that means that you're going to get to pull us all over to the tile with you. So we automatically go to the next tile and we draw an encounter card. Hey. You don't have to flip this back over? No. Oh. That one never flips. But it doesn't have the... <clears throat> it doesn't want you to flip this one. It's so weird because it doesn't, this, have, it doesn't exit, have the match. I know, but this exit goes to here. Well, what if, what's on the other side? Don't worry it's about it. It's the alchemist chamber and they said you're not supposed to go there. What's it look like? Like the alchemy, we'll just play around, do whatever you want. So, am I reading? So, page two. We are still on page one. Okay. So, it says five greedy roaches. That's not what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to go to here. That's what it says. This is what it says. Remember when you were getting cheese and we were reading the rules? Well, there's not a passage. I don't think we're supposed to wander through that, are we? I would think you would have to flip it. That's not an exit. Maybe that's what we do. I think you have to flip it to get to the tunnel. Oh. Maybe we do. If you flip it, flip it. Oh, and it has to orient like this. Right. See? So you end up down here. I think you're right. Because you crawl down. I think you're right. We crawled down into the tunnel. Nicole wins. No, she doesn't. Okay. Lily doesn't. So but we still do. We really can't even kill a roach. Did you guys already all have cheese? Yes. Yeah. We cheesed it up. I don't even have a piece of meat now. I'd like to point out that uh, cheese and meat aren't exactly the best table food, but Nicole did a really cool thing, which she has these little cocktail forks that are little chrome forks. They're little teeny tiny. There's that. They're plastic, but they yeah. look like little chrome forks. Yeah, and she serves it up with that. So no one's actually touching meat or cheese and then fondling components. So you have clean fingers, and yeah. yet you still get to snack. Yeah, and everybody gets their own little fork, and they get to just fork little chunks of stuff off I'm of like the platter. the non-criminal Martha Stewart of the gaming table. <laughs> I even bought a little fancy platter for like three bucks at Kohl's because it was cute. <clears throat> now, in that clip, you could hear something that's really kind of neat and novel about this game, which is these these tiles will have like a little flip icon on them. And because you're mice, you're running around underneath things like in the, you know, crawl spaces and, and the basements and the little, you know, little, uh, you know, cracks in the wall underneath this castle. And whenever you, you have these options every so often of going up, and when you flip the tile, it, it will usually represent what's up above you. Like you sneak in from below the floor, like crawl out of a mouse hole. Right. And that's that's what just happened is we crawled into a mouse hole from outside, flipped the tile over, and then we enter from outside into this little, you know, crevice that goes into the castle wall. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it shows you this has to line up with that. So <clears throat> I'm glad yeah. you all paid attention to me. Yep. So Brianna has now gone into a brand new tile, and it's time for her to go on the offense. I'm going to move two spaces. One, two, I'm going to attack that there roach. Oh. Whoa. <clears throat> What's it got? One defense? Uh, yes. It rolls a cheese. Oh, crud. <laughs> you kill it. And I, yeah, uh, so I Seven did piece. kill it. Oops. 
Okay, so those go away. We're surging. <clears throat> Our page marker goes up, I believe. That's how you do a surge. <clears throat> Move the hourglass one page closer to the end. Check the chapter instructions. There's no special surge in this. Uh, we use the encounter card, which means the centipede comes out. And he comes out on the space that's clear that he can be on the entire space because he's a large creature. So he comes out right where you killed that. Basically, you, you killed the roach, and from out of the roach was hit hiding a centipede. Bro, perfect. Centipede gestated from the roach. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so he goes. No, I think he. Oh, since no, he goes, yeah, he goes to the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Well, that is just great. We've got All right. to kill him fast. And we got to stop rolling cheese. I need to. I need rolls. to get cheese. Now, uh, you can hear in this that that example of how the cheese works both ways. Cheese will let me do, like, you know, abilities and stuff like that. But in this case, the cheese filled up the, what's called the minion tracker, but I just call it the surge wheel because it's a little six-slot wheel. And when it fills up, there's a surge effect that is sometimes described in the adventure book as per room. And sometimes it's just by the adventure itself will have an overarching effect. And in this effect... In this case, a, a giant uh, centipede comes out. And a centipede's one of the tougher creatures in the game. They're bigger than the mice, that's yeah, why. Yeah, because they have, they have a lot of attack dice, and they also have an additional effect that we'll hear about uh, now that Lily is going on the defense. Wait, no, Lily gets attacked by a roach. Mm -hmm. And this one moves. Three, one, two, three, and he doesn't hit you. Oh, well then, yay. Okay. And it is now around a Filch's turn. Is that right? No, Lily gets to attack first. Lily, go. Oh, I need dice, please. You can't have any. Two, please. So demanding. Just two. I said please and everything. Mm -hmm. <laughs> oh, man. This sucks. You miss and he gets another cheese. This sucks. Um, when a minion that? defends against an attack from this bow, any cheese rolled is added to this mouse's stash instead of the minion wheel. That's very sneaky, Nicole. <laughs> Unbelievable. They don't call me stuck in a trap, Lily, for nothing. It's <laughs> <laughs> the most unfortunate nickname. <laughs> Lily bird. Okay, um, it's now Filch's turn. Filch, what do you do? Steal stuff? Yeah. Huh? I have no cheese. You gonna cut something? I'm gonna cut some cheese. <laughs> How do we work fart jokes into everything? How's that? I was moving to try to get cheese. Well, I mean, it was a fart joke and not a How I Met Your Mother joke, at least. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> Nicole, uh, you actually had a decent turn, though you didn't kill anything again. I know, but I stole his cheese back from yeah. him to me. Yeah. So maybe you'll be able to do something with that cheese in a little bit, right? I hope so. Now, let's just uh, listen in on one of my turns and see how things are supposed to go. My turn. I can move three. I'm going to move into the space with the roaches, okay? And then I'm going to use three attacks versus these roaches in my basement. <laughs> okay, I did hit once. So they get to try to defend on their one die. They do not. So he, he dies. And then right after that, I spend a cheese to do my backlash attack. So I can attack again. <gasps> and I 
hit him once and get a cheese. Roll his defend. He gets a cheese and dies. Cool, right? That is cool. Awesome. That's how you lead. <laughs> By running away from the centipede. Okay, so then it's the so now it's the centipede's turn. Yes. He's gonna attack me, isn't he? Well, does he have to move first? Um what does this card say? It just says when a cave centipede wounds a mouse, place a stun marker on that mouse's initiative card. Cool. So I think does he move? Yeah, he's gotta move first. Yeah. Because he doesn't have a ranged attack anyway. No. Oh, okay. He moves. And he moves one space towards you, which puts him adjacent to you. <laughs> okay. He's feeling you up. He's feeling you. All right, here we go. He's going to attack the highest Mean. person in initiative with a three die attack. I'll try to roll terrible. Watch this. Terrible rolls. Felt terrible. Well, I hit you twice. He got a cheese. cheese. That was a really good roll. Not for you. No. No. All right, then. So then you get your roll defend die. Defend myself. Sort of. Don't Ish. forget that you have a your uh, ability. You are able to do more damage versus big guys because of your achievement. Yeah, because you got that cat thing. What does that do? I don't me? even know what this does. I wish there, there was like a card with it or something. On the back of the book, Fred? You... Uh, for the rest of the ch- for the rest of the chapter, actually, we continue because we're doing campaign. All large minions roll one fewer die when defending against an attack from the cat tamer. Oh. Ooh. Well, that's not helpful right now. I know, yeah. but it will help us coming up. Right. Right. If now. I don't die, right. if I don't die. <laughs> she's not going to die. Okay, I defend so one, one of them. them. So you do take a so point just... of damage. I think. Are they yeah. Double sided. Yeah. There you are. And. Is it poisonous when it's a when that's that guy? Um, it's when a, a stun. Wounds so it's... a mouse. You place a stun marker on the initiative card. Okay, so <clears throat> that effect you can tell is actually one of the things that makes that that centipede worse. The stunned is basically you just lose a turn, right? <clears throat> but we heard quite a few things in that. We also heard about uh, we heard me use a power. Yeah. You know, so I was able to spend a cheese, and because I successfully attacked a rat that turn, I was able to spend a piece of cheese and attack again, and I actually took out two rats that turn. Right. On the same turn, despite the fact that Matt was telling me I was running away from the centipede. <laughs> was, he was right, though. He was? Yes. <clears throat> okay. He did. You ran away from the centipede. <laughs> kind of. It was a, it was a choke point. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, and then the thing that I wanted to point out is Brianna, yeah. she, in the first chapter, yeah. she had killed the cat or whatever. Yeah. And so she got that cat tamer yeah, award, the, mm-hmm. which that is something that I'm I was a little disappointed in. You get a token, so you remind yourself that you have it. Yeah. But like she said, there needs to be a card for that. If she'd had a card in front of her, then you're reminded of what that power is. Otherwise, yeah. the only place that it is is on the book. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, the good news here with this clip is you can tell that the rescue team really is hanging in there. So I think it's time to check in again with Lily. It is now to Lily's turn, who gets to fight a roach. Okay. What's roach's defense one? Its defense is a cheese armor. I hit. And it defends. Oh, oh, no. Come on. You thought it was going to be so easy to sit there and handle roaches, didn't you? No. Squeak. I didn't know you. <laughs> what? 
You just said, hey, somebody's going to be Lily. I was like, I'll be Lily. And you're like, you get to sit here in a trap and do nothing. You wanted it. The good news that you're Lily is we don't have a healer. No. So So we might all die before we even get to you. You guys all actually had power-ups and things. That's okay. I didn't have anything. So we are referencing the game that we played before. Nicole was a, the only character in the game because I said it, it follows that classic Dungeons and Dragons, you know, team. Uh, she there's only one character that really specializes in healing, and she was that character last game, which I sucked <laughs> in the first game, so I didn't have a bunch of bonuses earned yeah. and stuff. You guys did, so I thought it'd be the best if I gave up nothing and went ahead and. Well, and, and there is a set number to these these sessions. So if even if you're playing, you can play this game by yourself. You're just going to play four mice, right? You can play at two players. You're just going to both play two mice, right? You know, and this in this case, we played four individual mice in the first uh, session, and then when it came time to start the next one, it was okay. Well, one person doesn't get to continue their characters, and that that was a little bit of a letdown. That part kind of, but I got the little. feeling like you didn't want to be Tilda, anyways. Well, because I wasn't doing very well. Yeah. So Which, that's why I gave you a chance new... at, at Lily. <clears throat> you know. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll be Lily. Okay. Well, let's see how that works. And out. And then I this... got to sit in a trap and make <laughs> cheese. For people. Well, I mean, you might do well here. Let's take a let's take another look. Listen. It is now Nicole's turn to kill one of these cockroaches for yeah, real right. this time. Right. Matt, you want to roll the defense die of one? Yeah. She gets one. Get one. Defending. Oh my! Okay. <laughs> Stop it! Stop it! Hey, but I get a cheese. I get his cheese. What do you mean his cheese? He didn't get any cheese. I defend. I get. Well, that's. Wait a minute. You get to steal cheese when, when a minion somebody... defends against an attack from. Oh, he didn't roll a cheese. Never mind. I'm stupid. <laughs> I wasn't going to say I'm going delirious from being Bill, stuck in this you can't attack, but you can move if you want. <laughs> wow. This is truly <laughs> dice burn at its <laughs> finest. It awful. Isn't it? Oh, my God. They just, <laughs> every time yourself. I rolled okay, Matt would roll against me. <laughs> you, you, you just miss and then, then get hit and then miss and then get hit. Pretty much. <laughs> now, uh... We've had several bad rolls uh, on the the uh, with the Second. with the with the other team too. So uh, let's just let's just see what 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 comes of that. Clear the cheese wheel. Oh, and a new centipede comes in right where I'm standing again. Oh my gosh! I killed have, the old one. We have okay. All right. I did well, kill the old one. All right then. All right. So uh, the oh. new centipede because I did three did. points of damage without a defend. Oh. Okay. The new one moves two spaces, which he just moves to there and attacks me for a three. Oh my god, he hit start. me twice and defend, 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 defend. I defend nothing. This oh is terrible. Oh boy. You just rolled your own defend die. I know. Wow. I'm gonna die. Alright, so it is Maganos' Holy turn. Cripes. We're doing terrible. This is bad. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna probably should have eaten first. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this game's going to be over pretty quick in a yeah. second. Nicole's going to die. I'm going to die. The um, page thing's going to expire. Jeez, I'm sorry, but your leader has given up. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we barely even got past the first centipede, which I had to kill. Once again, ran away from it, came right back after killing two rats, and then killed the centipede well, for him. Well, you are the master. <laughs> but then we, we, the whole time, we just keep rolling cheese for the enemy and cheese for the enemy, and they just keep filling up that surge wheel. Yeah. And now we're down to, like, the last page before the game is over just on time alone. 
and we're almost de- we're almost dead as the wheel goes off and another centipede comes out. Right. So, <clears throat> and you have to kill it before you can move off of that that tile. Yeah. So. You, you can't leave the tile until it's clear of enemies. Right. So, I mean, I've given up, and the game is is seeming like it's over, isn't it? Pretty much. All right, I roll three dice versus this insane big guy. Oh, my God. It wants. <laughs> no defense. Defend. He's dead. He's I killed a second centipede. Wait, it just said two to, not, two to nothing, didn't it? Three. It's three. Okay. What is it? What are you talking about? Talking the, about Royals, the Royals game. The Royals game started. This guy is <laughs> dead. Away. It is now back around to Maganos' turn. We got to get off of this tile. Like yeah. soon. You gotta kill that roach and come back. I don't want to kill another centipede. These guys are tough. They're terrible. Yeah. If so all it is doing? like a rat warrior, it's like So nothing. who's whose turn is it right now? Yours. It's yours. Oh, it's mine. What am I doing? Give me some yeah. dice. Let's some get dice. out of this. Go Let's kill the roach. Place. We're gonna win this race. You gonna scurry? I can go two. Two plus your two, right? No, that's not you. Four. Oh. You can go four. So, one, two. You can go four. What? You got your base movement of two plus your die roll. Three, four. Kill it. Kill it dead. Kill it dead. So, yeah. So, that hits twice. Whoa. It gets one roll and it dies. Oh, it cheesed it. Oh, cheese an A. I got that. I got cheese. (laughs) All right. All right. It's out of there. Okay, it is now the Roach's turn by Nicole. You ready? One hit. Nicole. Oh. She needs another die. I need another die, please. Thank you. Defend it. Defend. Second Roach. A cheese and a hit. Please. Defend. All right, put a cheese on the wheel. And it's your turn to attack them. Attack back, Nicole, with vengeance. Yeah, we have... Two bow and arrows. Come on. One. Defended. Dang it. Unbelievable. <laughs> You're about to get a third roach on there when we leave this chamber oh, to see, you know, man. Filch, scurry it up. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, a decent pun. <laughs> hey, my puns are good. <laughs> well, here's the, here's the worst part, though, is that, again, you fail to do anything against the roach. I know. You're just getting attacked and beat up, and I think the writing's on the wall. Because it just really seems like you cannot hit anything, can you? No. I'm sorry, but this is our last clip. Just brace yourself. It's it's depressing. <laughs> All right, so kill the me roach goes first. So the first roach gets to move, and he moves one. Oh. No, he doesn't get a cheese. It's only on defense and attack. I'll take that roll though. And the other one's a miss. So you got missed. Oh, good. You can still roll for cheese. The other guy hits you twice. Oh my gosh, this is terrible. He steals your cheese and dead. you go down. So you... I'm dead. No, 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 you're not dead. You, just, you get rid of all these and this goes up to page four and your cheese got stolen. And you're back again. I just oh wait, said, no, no. No, I'm dead. That's I'm right. Lily. That's right. This is... The, <laughs> I'm the Lily, point of the show. If Lily, if Lily dies, we lose automatically. I know. I'm dead. If she's de- it loses enough wounds to be defeated, or the hourglass marker reaches the chapter end. <laughs> oh man, that was rough. <clears throat> so we just lost Nicole. You know why? Because <clears throat> I made cheese. Because your dice rolls are pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> 
You didn't kill one. <laughs> you didn't kill no. one roach. So what's my punishment? I have to go make dinner? I think so. That's sad. <laughs> That's how it works. That really sucked. Why? Because it's my fault. It was only one hour. Died. No. That was an hour? Yeah. That was an hour of you not doing anything. No, quit it. <laughs> one full hour I didn't failure. roll any cheese that whole entire time. So my cool abilities that I have didn't get to use them. I rolled a couple, and I got four pieces. And I used one of my cool abilities. I think I was playing up to par. Yeah. I killed two centipedes. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? We got the catnip and everything. I got yeah. eaten by roaches. You did. You did. Terrible. Okay. Terrible Here, I'll, roaches. I'll, I'll make this even more worse. I'll just pile roaches on you. Oh, okay. yeah. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Well, dice will be dice, I guess, Nicole. Here's the thing. Yeah? In future, uh-huh. if there's one character that cannot die, that has to survive, yeah. that is the the center of the universe for that particular mission, Yeah, don't make me be that character. You're going to be that character. Lose. I lose. You put yourself in the hot seat. You though. should have been Lily. No way. I'm you're, not going to be Lily. You're much prettier. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, you put yourself in the hot seat. I think that. I mean, honestly, I wonder how many times in playtest that game was. You know, Lily died, and whoever was playing Lily got chewed out by everybody at the table. <laughs> <laughs> well, something to keep in mind, as we said before, a lot of times this is referred to as uh, a kid's game. Yeah. Don't ever make your kid be Lily. Yeah. <laughs> you will just crush their little ego. Correct. Correct. Yeah, and you know, that that brings us to the end of the game. Obviously we lost, but that is our second session of that game. Yeah. And uh what did what did you like about it? I liked the storytelling aspect. Yeah. I thought it was that part was really fun. Yeah. Um the artwork is amazing. Now another thing, like I I talked a little bit about mid game decisions. We had a decision we could make in the middle of that game. If we'd have gotten there. <clears throat> we're we're at the end of that tile. We could go upstairs and go into the kitchen and steal some plum, a plum and a fork or something like that, or plum and a spoon, and then we would add pages back on again. Right. But we would risk having to fight the cat, and that's why we were really preoccupied with getting catnip in that first tile, because we had to pick the catnip in the courtyard outside. Didn't we fight the cat already? We fought the cat in the first mission. Oh, so we didn't actually kill the cat. Well, no, it just we're not going to kill a cat. We're little tiny mice. We're just going to chase it <laughs> well, away. Didn't they kill the cat in Secret of Nim? Or no, they just put him to sleep, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cat's going to win every time. So, do you think the designer of this game? Do you think his favorite movie ever was Secret of Nim? I doubt it. Or do you think his favorite book ever was Rats of there, Nim? Well, there's another. There's a role playing game out there called Mouse Guard, and I think that may have been the inspiration more than anything. Was that before Rats of Nim? I don't think so. So maybe that person was inspired by The Secret of Nim, but I'm saying that this <laughs> game was most likely inspired by by Mouse Guard. I don't know for sure, but it's it's the artwork and stuff is really similar. Hmm. Interesting. <clears throat> yep. And I think you're right. The storybook is is very thorough. It's this it gives you this complete experience. It really acts as a substitute DM. Yeah. For you. So that you don't have That's to have probably the best part. Yeah. I mean, it really fills the entire role of Dungeon Dungeon Master in in this game. And I don't think a lot of the other games do that. A lot of the other games depend on like a card draw or something like that to do that for you, but it doesn't really make a cohesive story. It just right. adds some sort of variant or element. It's like there's a storytellingness to it. Yeah. 
but not a full story. So, yeah, yeah this is cool. Now, I, I think that, you know, the use of the components, there was, like, I, I'm going to say that it, it felt like there were, there were just a few components. It didn't feel like there was a whole ton of stuff in the box. But what they had, they really used well by, like I said, the flipping over tiles that go to upper floors. Right. And uh, each of the each of the enemies has multiple variations of that enemy. So, you know, you might have a greedy roach at this level, and later on you have the blood-sucking roach or something like that. You know, I don't, that's was not it, true. it wasn't a blood-sucking roach. No. <laughs> that's that's, that's just me making it up. Okay. But you would have something else that was like a variant of that that changed their stats and stuff. So you weren't fighting the same guy over and over and over again. Right. Which really was, was kind of a clever use of stuff, I thought. What else did you like about it? <coughs> um, I don't know. I kind of said everything at the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I, think it's, I think it is a decent entry-level game, but you're going to have to have an experienced gamer that is going to lead whoever is not experienced through that. I think so, because it's, uh, it's a pretty hefty book. It, it may be even a good substitution for a gateway Dungeons & Dragons or a gateway to a future role-playing game. Because, uh, you know, when Dungeons & Dragons was owned by TSR, they used to have a game called Fantasy Forest. And Fantasy Forest was like Candyland... With Dungeons and Dragons creatures, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was basically that. It was yeah. it was like nearly that bad. And then the uh, the next one they would graduate into in their like in like late elementary school would be the game Dungeon, which was a very simple little dungeon crawl. Is that you know? the one that they always have at Barnes and Noble? <laughs> that I always go look at that, and you always go, you don't want that game. Yes. Okay. It's 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 entry level. That's that's like the the beginner drug. I don't know. Anyway. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so that's Dungeon. Dungeon is that. But I think that this could potentially sub in, and it gives a little more of a feeling of what it would be like to have a Dungeon Master, whereas Dungeon and Fantasy Forest never did that before. Right. So this might be the next thing you would get someone maybe just, you know, at the the end of elementary school. If you wanted to play it on their own, it would be, like, probably somewhere around the end of elementary school, maybe. Yeah. They'd probably figure it out then. Um I felt like the price was just a little bit too high for this, by the way. There's a lot of cardboard in the box, but not a lot of plastic. Well, this game is like, I think it's like $75 or $80 retail. I didn't buy it. I don't know. Well, I know. I always but make I, you buy the game. I know, so. I know. But I'm just saying, it, it, it seemed like the price point was a little high for what I was actually getting. I was shocked that there's not a little bit more plastic. But yeah. then, you know, I didn't set it up either, so... But there's, now, there's the roaches, there's the centipedes, there's the rats, there's the mice. Mm-hmm. Is there more that spider. I didn't see? There's a spider, a centipede, there's a couple roaches, you know, like five roaches or eight roaches, which are just like little coin-sized Yeah, they're not tokens. real big. And uh, there were like maybe six rat warriors or something. Yeah, there is a lot of cardboard in there for like different the different maps. I think there's like eight of them. Yeah, it's not that much. I really. did expect a little more plastic. I I think. <clears throat> now, one thing that uh, I didn't like very much is that the characters that you use reset after every adventure. Like all of their gear goes down to one carried over gear card, and that's all you get. I don't have a problem with that. You like that. I don't mind it because it's the story that I'm after is more yeah. than the uh, leveling up and whatnot. And I like that you, you, I like that too because then you know, I played the first one and the second one. Yeah. Well, I could skip on to the fourth one if I wanted to, and and I wouldn't. Well, it just it just seems weird that I go through all the trouble of searching and taking this risk of time to get this you know magic sword or shield or whatever, 
And then just because we go to the next chapter, I'd throw my magic sword away before I go adventuring again? Come on. Well, it's a whole different story. It's ridiculous. I don't know. I don't mind that part of it. Obviously, all. this is something you could house rule in. You can keep them, I think, as much as you want. It yeah. just it does actually state, though, on the back that you don't keep that stuff in between adventure. You go down to one card and... Ugh. If you're doing a campaign, you can do whatever you want anyway, though. I mean, even Which I the, would suggest ignoring that. Even the uh, the cat tamer or whatever, mm-hmm. that you're not supposed to keep. But In the campaign, we were doing it said you were supposed to keep As it. a campaign, yes. Yeah. Well, they specified that. They also specified you weren't supposed to keep all your gear. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I don't see what the problem would be. Now, uh, if you're too tough, then you know you could level yourself yeah. down somehow. Now, another negative thing I have is the simplistic gameplay. The game gameplay, even though it has like a little bit of nuance at the start, does become very simple pretty quick after you get you know your feet wet a little bit with it. And I think because of the limited story, it's going to reduce replayability of this box itself. If you go through those eleven chapters. Your only variant is just going to be going back through it again with a with another character that you didn't use the first time. I think that's why these games are kind of few and far between, though, is because that's always a risk yeah. that you're going to run. Yeah. Anything that's centered around story, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's a lot of people in this world that won't watch a movie more than once yeah. because they've seen it. They're yeah. done. And and that's the price, I think, of getting this deep story in here. Yeah. Is that the replayability is going to suffer. Now, you do get 11 sessions, and yeah. you're not going to beat them first try necessarily, as, as you know, shown in our, our playthrough. But uh, I think it gives you quite a lot, though. By the time you got through all yeah. 11 and actually beat all 11 to progress, yeah. I think by the time you would want to go back and play the first one again, you probably would have kind of forgotten... Well, and, and each of these sessions it. is probably at least two hours long. Yeah. So you're pro- you're gonna you're looking at somewhere between twenty five and probably thirty five hours of, of time at least. Yeah. Probably twenty five and forty by the time you play everything again. And when you consider box. how much you pay for the average video game role playing game, yeah, that gives you the equivalent time, length of time play through without people in the room enjoying it with you. Exactly. <laughs> then. It's very comparable. Uh, last thing I didn't like about it was, I, and this is, this is I'm not going to name any names, but there was an online video that taught us how to play the first session. And what happened was is the person who does the online video runs through it really, really quick and hits all the details, but hits them so briefly and without any kind of stressing of the points that he's making that we missed half of them because it all just felt the same, the same importance all the way through. And we just kind of like, Went, oh, yeah, yeah, we kind of got this. And then we just basically had to read the whole rule book right after we started the game because we thought we knew how to play and we didn't. Well, that was, like, sponsored by the publisher, wasn't yeah. it? Okay, so that's why you're pointing it out, too. I don't want to just, yeah. like, step on people's toes that are doing reviews or anything. Yeah. But the uh, the online video, I don't think, teaches you really well enough to play this game because it even says right on the front of the book, and this is why I'm pointing this out, is it says on the rule book, or it has a stamp on the front of it that says, wait. Instead of reading the rule book, go online and watch our video to learn how to play. You still need the rule book to lo- know how to play, yeah. and you still are going to have to read that rule book. There's, there was a whole lot of unanswered questions after that video, yes, I think. Yes, do not take that stamp to be true. Just read the rule book. It gives you a nice brief introduction. Yeah. I think, though, you know, I'm wondering, though, because we were taught this game originally at Gen Con. Yeah. Whichever time it was. Yeah. So I think that, you know, we knew enough about it mm-hmm. before that that video may not have been as pertinent for us. Yeah. So maybe just going in cold, it would be 
better. I should but have just still, read the you book. You still need the book. I should have skipped that video completely and just read the book. Yeah. The video would act really great as a refresher right now for me now that I've read the book. Right. But, but not, I wouldn't not as a it teaching without. device. Okay. So uh, let's just uh, see. How hard would you say this is to teach a non gamer, Nicole? A non gamer. It's a really big book. Yeah. And there's a whole lot packed in there. I'm going to say. I'm going to say a four. Just really? because, well, the the way that part of it's described in the book, yeah. um, I don't think there was enough di- differentiation between the uh, melee attacks and the uh, ranged attacks and the bonuses that are yeah. on the cards that you can earn. And mm-hmm. I thought it was a little muddled and confusing on that. Yeah. Um, and that made us go back, have to look at things over and over again. Mm-hmm. So that part of it, I think, made it more difficult. Now, I would say probably a three. If I was going to hold their hand and I knew the book, I could do it. Yeah. But it's still going to have a little bit of nuance to it that's going to make it a little bit harder than just like, oh, you just move one piece every turn you know, or something like that. They're going to have to do a little bit of math in their head. They're going to have to kind of know what die roll they're looking for, how to add their bonuses from their different items. It was the adding and stuff that was confusing on this. So I would say probably a three. Okay. Uh, What would you give it? What is your rating, though? How much do you like this game? I really like this game. I think it's really charming. I think it's easy to get into. I actually would give it a five. Really? Yeah, I really do like it. I'm going to give it a four. I don't. So you're always th- I don't think games. it's the peak of of the genre, but I think that uh, I think it's it's really cool. It does get a, it gets rid of a, a couple of those. It still gives you that adventure-y group with it, with dropping a couple of those like you know generic things that might turn off some people from this. Like a lot of people aren't going to play a Dungeons and Dragons game because they're going to be like, I'm not playing some stupid game with a dragon. Okay, we could play some. We'll play your farm game. That's fine, but I'm not going to play some. I mean, there's people Who out there like that. Who chooses farms over dragons? I don't know, but there's weirdos out there. Believe me. <laughs> <laughs> and if you are one of those weirdos, Fred did not mean you. No, I don't mean you. I mean other weirdos. Other weirdos. But the uh, no, there's people out there that would kind of like look at a game like that and be like, "What?" But if you said, "Look, we were were you know people that have been turned into mice, and we get to fight roaches and centipedes and stuff like that, and go on an adventure," they might go. Oh, okay, I'll try fun. that. As long as it's not too, you know, fantasy or, or makes them feel like that nerd stigma, they might, might they might go for it. I don't get the whole nerd stigma thing. I never have understood it. But That's because you're ridiculously nerdy. Apparently. No, <laughs> that's not it at all. But I would give it a four out of five. I think it's a really good game. It's uh, it's definitely worth picking up, I think. Absolutely. You know, I think I think it stands out pretty well in the, in the genre. So wanna, that's our review. I want to look into the uh, expansions now, too. Oh, I guess there's two of them. Even though we haven't even finished the uh, regular <laughs> well, You and game. I have to play through the rest of the other one. I know. We're going to have to five or five it. We're going to have to buy more cheese. <laughs> no. Uh, that That's the end of our uh, Mice and Mystics review. And that brings us to some questions that might have been answered. Well, this week, uh, Daniel wrote us, and he said this. 
I think it's interesting that you, Fred, talk about how important theme is in games is to you, while Nicole seems to like more mechanism-heavy games. However, I don't think I've heard you use common terms for board games of these types, i.e. Fred likes Ameritrash games and Nicole likes Euro games. Do you not like these terms, find them too limiting, or are you just trying to keep this grammar jargon out or gamer jargon out of the podcast? Last Will is a great example of a Euro game with a well-implemented and interesting theme, which may be an indicator of the limits of such gamer jargon. Uh, <clears throat> and now, I, I did let a Euro slip in the playthrough for Power Grid. Yeah. I did say that in that episode. But uh, no, I try not to use either one of those terms. I think that they're inadequate terms. I don't think that they... I don't think they do anyone, you know, I think they do a disservice to to describe things as that, especially to someone who's not knowledgeable about it. Both those terms mean nothing to someone who isn't an educated, you know, gamer in the hobby. Right. Okay. So I just flat out don't use them. Right. I try as hard as I can not to because a Euro game is a mechanic, mechanical, you know, sort of centric game. That's what it is. It's more about, you know, a mechanism and, and how things relate to each other and how you move pieces with other pieces and, you know, and then developing this really streamlined process to score points. Why is that Euro? I don't know. Well, I'm just saying that's not Euro. That's a mechanical, you know, mechanic-centric game. It has nothing to do with Europe. Maybe the Europeans understand those. They're not understand. No, and I, I like understand. Those games look, more. I understand where it comes from. Is because at some point there was like a realization by you know sort of the American culture, and this is the mid '90s, where <clears throat> all of a sudden we realized that over in Europe. There were these games that weren't just roll a die and move this many spaces around the board or roll a die and pull a trivia card out and answer the question. Yeah. And we found out that there was these really clever mechanisms and we just titled them Euro. Even though they're they're made in Asia, they're made in Europe, they're made all over the place. We just said Euro just because. I don't know. I don't like them because I did, I used the term, I can't remember which game I was talking about, but I was saying how I'd had fun with a game, yeah. talking to Angela. Angela's played quite a few games at this point. Yeah. And I said, oh, it's a Euro game. She's like, what is that? Exactly. Like, it's from Europe? And I was like, and I had to actually think about it. And I, 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 I don't often say things like that. I don't like, I don't like acronyms all that much. Mm-hmm. I don't like, I don't know. Today at work, I've been at my job for going on five years and yet today i had an acronym that nobody knew what it meant nobody knew what department it was no one could help me and i sat on the phone for an hour trying to figure out Mm -hmm. what this meant i hate that feeling and i don't want other people to have to go through it yeah that's what euro game and ameritrash kind of mean to me (laughs) and I mean, some things like I'm going to say worker placement because it's very descriptive. You have workers, you place them on the board. I'm yeah. going to say deck building. You have a deck of cards and it builds over time. Yes. Those things make sense. Yes. And if you get a basic understanding of games in general, it makes sense. But they're adequate like, I terms. Even, I don't even like saying AP. I don't even like that. Yeah. AP, what is that? Analysis paralysis. But I don't want to say it like that. I can, it's just, it's not that many syllables. Now, so I don't want to confuse people if I can avoid it because I get confused enough for all of us. Now, the term Ameritrash, this came from a derogatory description of American designed games, United States designed games. 
And it was just sort of like it, it was sort of like just people saying, oh, well, your games are crappy and ours are great. And so the people who liked the games that they were calling crappy adopted the term and said, oh, well, we're going to call it that, too, because we don't care that you call it that. That still is an inadequate term for what this is. Yeah. Okay, this is a game that places theme over mechanics. It wants to give you a sense or a feeling before it gives you this this sort of strategic feeling. That's what it does. And that's the whole point of it. So Ameritrash is not only like just self-degrading, but also doesn't describe what you're talking about to someone who doesn't know what you're talking about, you know, to to someone who doesn't know about the gaming industry. It's not self-degrading to someone who's not an American. I'm just saying it's just (laughs) it just feels ridiculous to use that term. Yeah, it's a thematic game. Thematic crosses all borders and and everyone understands what that means. You know, they understand that this is like, you know, there's going to be a lot of, you know, theme and, and, you know, the game's going to be mechanically designed to support whatever it is it's doing. You know, Fred's getting a little fired up here. I'm just telling you, I don't like that term and I don't, I don't want it retitled. I've heard people say Amerithrash. No, thank you. I still know you mean Ameritrash, okay? And just it still doesn't like describe it. what we're talking about, okay? Yeah. It's it's just a, a stupid, you know. So you would just prefer that games be referred to as thematic or mechanical or. And that's, it's such a broad stroke anyways, even really then. Is. You yeah, know? it really is. Because just just like Daniel said, Last Will is, is, you know, it is a very mechanical game. Uh-huh. It's a worker placement game. A worker placement usually falls in that category of, of mechanical. Right. But it does have a pretty good theme. It's a very strong theme, too. Yeah. Trying to lose all the money and... And how ridiculous you are when you're doing it. I mean, you laugh out loud at how ridiculous the things you're doing, you know, in it to lose that money. Right. I'm going to take my horse to dinner. You know, so if if someone wanted me to broad stroke that, I would say it's a mechanical, you know, mechanical centric game. But it's got a a very good theme. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's kind of, I don't like to pigeonhole things either. Yeah. So So that's why I don't use either one of those terms. They are terrible terms Just like you can't identify me man no <laughs> if i go up to my if i go up to my mother or a non-gamer and say this is a euro game to someone they'll just look at me like i just you know spit you know you <laughs> just, just, just mean nothing <laughs> they'll be like why did you just spit at me and i'll be like i said euro I and they'll really... be like i don't even know what that means like the dollar like the like the amount of money yeah <laughs> like universal currency of europe what are we talking about I don't know. I relate a lot of things to work. And you know how they give you those, like, personality tests or whatever? Yeah. And they'll label you this type of personality, that type of personality. Mm-hmm. We had one where you were either, like, a sports car, a minivan, a station wagon, or some other stupid car. A horse. Whatever. No, That's not a car. <laughs> and, like, there's this teeny little bullseye right in the middle. That's where I fall every time. You, I, I'm not definable. I don't want to define my games. Jeez. I know. I'm well, just, that's... I'm just, I'm in there for everyone. I yeah. want all of us to have fun together, well, even if go. I lose. I agree. <laughs> don't pigeonhole and don't, don't trash people. And if you like <laughs> those terms, that's fine. <laughs> Keep using them. I will but... blatantly not use them right in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I will keep not using them right in front of you. So there you go. And Nicole, that brings us to an end Aww. of another episode. That is the end of episode 13. 
Now, in a week, all of the games that are coming out in the next six months are going to be announced. A week from when we were Oh my God, I'm going to smack you in the face. <laughs> he would never do that. Oh, no. No, I'm just kidding. That's not even funny. He's, she smacked me. I did not. If you're going to Gen Con, I just want to tell you, have a great time. Pick up a couple of games if you want to, and if not, if you're not going, just realize that most likely, if you're like Nicole and I, you have... A, a closet, or if you're like us, a room full of great games already. Okay, and those don't devalue just because new games come out. Uh, believe me, I love getting new games. Nicole loves getting new games. But if there's one thing that we want to stress, it's that board games are like a great story. Just because last their last year's story does not make it a bad one. Now, we appreciate that you're listening to this episode of our podcast, and we would love to hear your questions and comments. And you can voice those to either uh, either on our Board Game Geek Guild or our website, talkaboutboardgames.com, or by emailing us at either fred at talkaboutboardgames.com or nicole at talkaboutboardgames.com. Now, as usual, you can find us on Twitter at TA Board Games or on Facebook and Instagram at talkaboutboardgames. Now, in a couple of weeks, our podcast will return when Daniel, the one who wrote us, actually joins us to play the game Terra Mystica. Thank you so much for listening. What happened? We got the catnip and everything. I got yeah. eaten by roaches. You did. You did. Terrible. Okay. Terrible Here, I'll, roaches. I'll, I'll make this even more worse. I'll just pile roaches on you. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <Disgusting. laughs>